Sullivan testing the Portuguese. You know, I like to be fit and healthy, so the best way I know is to just get out there and run. Running was an outlet for me to, I guess, feel good about myself and, and take out some of the angers that were going on in my life. Sonny O'Sullivan is going to take the world title back to Ireland. It's the Irishman running abroad with me, Charlotte Regan. You're very welcome. And it is the morning after the night before Kira McGinn's phenomenal performance at the World Championships. This is a World Championships episode with Sonia Sullivan and our coach Vinnie Mulvey, both live in Budapest. And boy, oh boy, do we have an episode for you. Vinnie jumps straight on the line in a moment, fresh from the stadium after seeing Kira run this incredible race and come so close. Kira is, of course, a friend of the show and now the fastest Irish woman over 1,500 metres ever. An incredible performance, has to be said. Uh, if you missed it, she was just narrowly pipped for bronze in one of the most stacked races imaginable. It puts her in a great position heading into next year's Olympics. But it was a really tough pill to swallow. It was really obvious. But her interviews afterwards, just she's such an ambassador for the sport in the country. Want to give her a big shout out. Vinny looks ahead to Rashida Adelecki's 400 meter final and more. Sonia jumps on the line then to give us a feel for what the championships are like as a coach and a former world champion. We get a bit of sneaker chat from her. And of course, we go around the parishes to see what you've been running. I'm about to head out on tour in September. I uh, love you guys to come and see the show, the new stand-up show, Your Man. You can find all the dates at jigser.com. That's J-I-G-S-E-R.com. And I'm filming a brand new stand-up special in Dublin on January 19th, 20th and 21st at the Three Olympia Theatre. So be sure to book seats for that. They're nearly almost sold out, so don't hang around. And in the second half of the show, I head to Kilcock for St. Coco's Athletic Club's 10-mile road race, an absolutely brilliant event that I make a complete hames of. So if you want a little bit of schadenfreude, you know, like a laugh at my expense, laugh at my pain, pretty funny, make an absolute hames of this thing pace-wise, uh, but get to meet a lot of the team there and a couple of listeners it's a good, fun sights and sounds element of this episode. Now, let's get to it. Let's get Vinnie Mulvey, who is working for the USA's on running team at the championships. Let's get him on the live line. Talk to Jar, Jar on 1850 715 815. Good afternoon to you, Vinnie Mulvey. Over in Budapest, fresh. It's not afternoon here. It's late. <laughs> midnight, actually. It's midnight. So you're fresh in from a huge night in the stadium. What was the atmosphere like? Oh, unbelievable. Like, I, I literally am just back from the track now. Um, and, yeah, every second person I was bumping into was Irish. Like, it was absolutely no incredible. I just bumped into so many Irish athletes who were competing and supporters and aunts and uncles of people competing. And, like, I didn't even... Myself, my, my wife, Tracy, didn't even know how to get back to the hotel. And we just followed some Irish people and found our way you know so uh now that the atmosphere was unbelievable i'm sure you watched it and um well i didn't as it happens i didn't i was in the car uh, on the way down to Kerry 
for another break people are going geez this lad's never not on holidays but yeah, I yeah. just thought I'd take three days to round out the summer down here so we tuned in on the Virgin Media Player and watched Kira's race oh brilliant what a performance like really she couldn't have done more could she no I mean she, I mean she she broke her own national record it's like she the standard at the moment in that event is just mind boggling you mm. know and I mean, it, look, she's not going to be that. It's it's not a consolation to her that she couldn't do any more, or she ran great. You know, she would have wanted a medal. I, I'm and and I'm sure she, it's a bittersweet feeling for her. I'd imagine when she looks back on it and lets the dust settle a bit, she realise Jesus, you know, she can compete with these girls and and going into the Olympics next year. Maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think that that'll take that long to happen because those three women that were in front of her are absolute greats and will be Hall of Famers in their time. And she's right there, right there in the hunt going around the bend. When you saw Safan Hassan at the very back of the pack, Vinny, uh, what were you thinking and what was the sense well, I, there? I'll be honest. I was ju- I was sitting beside Kira's brother for the whole right for the for the whole evening. Just randomly, he was mm. in the seat beside me. Oh wow! Uh, Bre- Brendan is his name, and um, so we he had a massive uh, Kira McGain banner um, that we were all waving. So I was actually feeling the tension from him. You know, like he was a mess, like you know, mm-hmm. and. Um, like I was just focusing on her the whole race. I I see when the when the race finished, I was like, "Where was Laura Muir? Where was, was Katie Snowden? Where was I?" I for, and and I'll be honest with you, I completely forgot about Hassan. And then, with like, I don't know, six hundred meters to go, she started coming around the outside, and I went, "Oh Jesus, I forgot about Hassan," <laughs> you know. And I said, "This is gonna be this is gonna be tough, you know, to get a medal here." And, uh, and she nearly did, you yeah, know. Yeah, I mean, it was sea biscuit stuff. That's what uh, Safan Hassan tried to pull off. It's a very strange approach, isn't it? It probably comes down to confidence, a lot of it, I'm sure, and um, conserving as much energy and staying mm. out of trouble and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, after know, London, I thought that she might stop and, you know, stretch during the race and then do a bit of yoga in the, the middle of the race. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, run in front of a cameraman, you know. Um, Pretty, pretty amazing thing to be part of, Vinny. And obviously, you just flew in today. You must be wrecked. So I really do appreciate you taking the time to jump oh. on for a quick chat. Um, very briefly, the the real big talking point of the week was obviously the Kilcock 10-mile road race that I made a nutter balls of. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the, the, even the dogs on the street are talking about that, you know. I'd say it was all the talk in the stadium. It was, uh, yeah. It is so funny the way these things become so big and how I beat myself up afterwards for running so fast for the first three kilometres. But I guess the only thing that you take away as an athlete from Worlds and as anyone out there who feels like they didn't do it when they could have done it is that it's better to make these mistakes in these little races uh, than on the big day. Ah, hundred percent. I mean, you 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 learned so many things there that I could tell you about and t- t- try to teach you, and you, you you won't. It doesn't sink in as much as when you just make a hames of things. Do you know what I mean? And mm. and, and and you like you didn't make a hames of it. Like I mean, if you looked at the results at the finish and didn't know how you ran the race, 
you'd be like, Jesus, he ran well, do you know? Mm. But, you know, you, you made you, you made hard work of it. Like, do you definitely, know? definitely. And look, um, I know that Sophie O'Sullivan is walking away with the opposite feeling that uh, she really, she really balled out in her first uh, championship uh, and is walking away with all this, you know, wind in her sails heading into uh, next season at the University of Washington and, you know, wearing the Irish singlet at the Olympics. What of all of the things that you've watched at this World Championships are you most excited about from an Irish perspective and then in terms of like a global running perspective? Uh, well, I, I actually bumped into Sophie on the way out of the track there. No way. Oh, but like her, she went from, I think for her PB at the start of the year was 4.17 or something. No way. You know, uh, or 4.15 maybe. I think it was 4.17 and she's got down to like 4.02 or whatever she ran. Do you know? Um, so like that is really exciting. Like if she keeps going on the trajectory, she's going, I mean, she's going to, she's going to be phenomenal, you know? But mm. um, what am I excited about? Obviously, Rashida and Kira, do you know what I mean? Like thinking yeah. about the Olympics next year. And Sarah, obviously. Yes, yeah, Sarah Healy as well. I mean, um, and the, like, there's there's so many positive things about Irish athletics at the moment. I mean, I, I could start naming off athletes, but there's so many athletes running phenomenal. Like Brian Fay in the 5K, like is running unbelievable times. Andrew Cosgrin 330 this year. I don't think I ever taught an Irish person to be running those times. And I know there are factors with the spikes and the new tracks and stuff like that but they're still running those times mm -hmm. and they're and they're competitive with their peers you know absolutely uh, and hopefully we'll see it out there inspiring kids yeah, to get well, out look, there and look, everyone. I, I, going back to your question about what am i hopeful about or inspired about like you know there have been championships in the past where you'd kind of go oh geez i don't think we're gonna do well in anything here this year do you know what i mean mm. and, and it, it's a bit kind of depressing you know but like i can't wait for the olympics now and then on a global scale i mean i'm just amazed at like where does this where when does this start leveling off all the times and that the standards are the standards are just gone through the roof and everything from the hundred women's hurdles to the steeplechase everything like yeah i mean the steeplechase the men's steeplechase final tonight was a brilliant race. Let result. me ask you this, Vinny, really quick before you go, because it's obviously very late there, very late here. You've got to get down to the track tomorrow. Are you going to be there to see Rashida do her thing? And will you get to see a little bit of Jakob? Uh, yeah, both. Yeah, I'm, I'm going in the morning for the morning session. Um, 10 a.m. over here. It's 9 a.m. in Ireland. Um, so I'm going to the morning session um, for three or four hours. And then I'm coming back down the evening. I'm going to see the men's 1500 final. There could be an upset in that. I, I, I know people will think I'm mad, but <clears throat> Yared Nagus from the USA might upset Jakob. Um, okay, there's a little tip to head down to Paddy Power with Possibly, tomorrow. possibly. I hope he does, <laughs> to be honest. But um, but he, he's on the on-running team as well, so I, I got to know him. But mm. I, I just I like seeing Jakob losing, so, you know. <laughs> but um, but yeah. I'm going to see Rashida as well, and... and um, that's going to be special you, you asked me this was on my mind the last few weeks mm. you asked me the last time where do I think she's going to finish and I was factoring in Sydney McLaughlin of into course. that mix 
So I was thinking, oh, people are going to see her now and she might medal. And they're going to go, oh, Vinny said she's going to be fourth or fifth. But Sydney McLaughlin's gone. I'm no expert on sprinting or anything, but like she, the, the, the first round and the semi final, she got out slow and she was sluggish. And, uh, and then she had to fight to get back. So if she gets a good start and gets out, her first 100 gets out in a good time, I mean, who knows? Who you know knows? What I mean, I mean so, I'm uh, so excited to watch this, as are everyone tuning in. Vinny, thank you so much for taking the time to do this and we will see you in person very soon yeah definitely thanks for the chat really no worries it. enjoy yourself to bed now all, right. all the best thanks okay Vinny. see it bye bye talk to jar on 1850 715 815 sonia o'sullivan is over in budapest at the world championships and who better to give us a rundown of what it lo- what it's like over there what's been happening all the news and what's about to happen of course we're recording this on Tuesday afternoon, it is 1 p.m. Irish time as we record. And I do need to say that because there will be results coming in. But maybe we'll get a look ahead to some of those and get a couple of predictions off Sonia. Sonia, you're there on the line. Uh, we had a couple of hiccups getting connected, but you're there. Tell us what it's been like the first few days there. It seems like an eternity since we last spoke. I know it's it's a strange one. Like when you're in the middle of a championship like this, it's like you forget even what day of the week it is. Mm. And, you know, it, some the early days, there's a morning session and an evening session. And so you sometimes you even forget. You think you're on two days, but you've only got one day gone. <laughs> yeah. It feels like Wednesday, but it's only Tuesday. <laughs> so you're cramming it all in. You're trying to, as you say, split the day in two. But are you near the stadium? Give us a give us a sense of where you are and how the day works over there. Yeah, I'm actually very lucky. Um, we have an Airbnb and it's about three kilometers from the stadium, which is huge bonus because a lot of the teams like would be quite a bit further away. So Ireland, they're about ten k from me, so hmm. they're they're probably at least fifteen kilometers from the stadium. And between me and Ireland is, um, there's actually an island, uh, and this is great. It's called Margaret Island, and there's two hotels on there, and they have some teams on there. So I think England is on there in Australia. So everybody wants to be near the island because there's a track on the island, and there's also a five-kilometer loop all the way around the island that's made Perfect. of track. It's made well, of it's track. It's made of track. Period. Okay, wow, yeah. brilliant. So, which is, which, you know, it seems really nice, but it's actually a bit boring. Um, but, but you can hop on and off it and you can go on gravel trails and there's like swimming pools over there and it's like a holiday resort over there, you know? So how does it measure up to other cities This that host these championships? This sounds absolutely perfect. Yeah, this is really good. Like, it's amazing. It's so good. It's not very expensive is another thing that's really good. So to eat out and to get your coffee and... You know, it's really, really cheap. It's it's quite a big city. There's loads of bridges here. Mm. And it's, there's a massive big river, the Danube, I think. Yeah. Um, <laughs> there's a few boats going up and down there. So to get around, like the taxis are really cheap, but you get stuck in traffic if you go on them. And then there's official buses, which the teams take, and they can take quite a while um, getting to and from the stadium. So the athletes have to plan their days around that. But we've been using scooters, the Lime scooters. They are the best. <laughs> <laughs> these are public bikes, are they? No, the, you know, you don't. You know, actual, the, I know they're actual the spo- scooters, but these are freely available to just jump on and off. 
Well, you have to have an app, of okay. course. It's great fun going around and all these things to wherever you need to be. Yeah. Uh, so last night I was at the stadium. I didn't have any athletes running, but I went up there mainly because we're so close. So, you know, it takes you 10 minutes to get there on the, um, I go on the bike. Or I went on the scooter last night and then you have to walk about 10 minutes to get in there. Um, and then you forget when it's fine going in, but then when the stadium empties, everybody comes out at the same time. So there's a mad dash then to um, get back on to the get scooter. Yeah. And you can't get a scooter because everybody has them booked up and stuff. <laughs> but then as soon as you get when you're on it and you're away. <laughs> but you're skipping out the bit that everybody's dying to hear about as well. And we do want the logistics and the tourism, the travel log from Sonia. But you saw some crazy stuff in that stadium last night, did you not? Uh, yes, it was mad in there last night. It was it was really, really good. When I saw Rashida was running in Rashida Adelecki um, was running for Ireland in the 400 metres and she was second in her semi-final so she's qualified for the final that was really good um, she last year she just missed out on the final so she's al- already a step ahead of last year um, there's a lot of people you know expecting a medal from Rashida but I think it'll be very difficult I think she has the chance to get a medal but she'll have to run better than she has already at these championships Maybe she's been pacing herself. It really looks last night like she took it easy the first 200. But then I think maybe she took it too easy mm. and patch up. So I think she would have to go out quite a bit harder than she has been. Yeah, so you haven't been privy to the hype machine that's been <laughs> kicking into play back home here. Uh, this will be interesting for you to hear yeah. that, you know, she's been front cover of the papers here. And everyone is blown away by these interviews that she's given after these heats. I think probably it's people's first introduction, whereas you and I have been talking about her for so long. We've known about her for ages that it's so it's kind of a surprise and a shock that, oh, my God, there's this brilliant Irish sprinter. And uh, it's it's not that surprising to people in athletics. But the sense I get from you, Sonia, is that we we can't know and we can't predict what happens next for her uh, because <laughs> It is, it, it is just so unpredictable, these, these sprints, that it really is just such fine margins. Well, the thing with the 400 metres, and I've seen this before with David Gillick, when he was in a final, and he looked like, I think it might have been a European outdoor final, and, you know, he was odds on for a medal. But what people forget is that when you have three really hard 400 metre races in your legs, mm-hmm. that you're, you probably won't run your, your fastest time. So you're running on tired legs and, and, you know, people say it's 400 meters, it's a lap of the track, but it's a different kind of tiredness and it accumulates. And so they have to recover from that. And so everybody will be tired. So then it just, it comes down to who's less tired or who's recovered more or who, you know, works out the best race plan. And at 400 meters, you know, it's, you you go as hard as you can, but they do break it down Mm. into pieces and, you know, a, a good friend of mine, a coach last night said to me, well, if she can run 13 seconds for the last 100 meters, she can win. So it comes down to who slows down the least in the final 100 meters. And did your friend say <laughs> that with with a, a sense of, well, that's and that's a thing she can do? Or was your friend suggesting that that's a big ask? No, no, they said on her day, she can definitely do it. But he did say that she's had a long college season. Mm-hmm. So... And a lot emotionally, like, you know, yeah, and he does a 
lot been going on. And, you know, I think we can't nail on a medal yet. I think, you know, she's in there with every chance. She's got a great lane. All the more favoured athletes in the race are in the lanes outside of her. So she can see what's going on. Um, so she will see if they've gone out too fast, um, if she's able to go with them, or if she comes over the top of them in the second 200. So it's, it's all very interesting, you know. We do need to talk about Sophie and Sarah and their performances this week. Uh, in case you missed it, Sophie had an unbelievable run, smashing her personal best time, uh, hitting an Olympic qualifying time, uh, but narrowly missing out of making it out of her heat. Just so unfortunate. But then I guess, Sonia, is it so unfortunate and unfortunate that she was in such a fast heat because it did produce that time? Yeah, I mean, I think it's a little bit bittersweet, I think, when you run so well, but you don't get to progress. And it was similar for Sarah Healy in the semi-final. Like she ran really well. She ran 3.59, first time under four minutes, but didn't get to the final. You know, so the, the level that's required to get to these finals now is, you know, it's another level altogether. Mm-hmm. And the athletes are, they're all rising to that level. They're all, they're all getting better all the time. Um, but sometimes it takes another year to get to that next level. And, you know, this is the first time that Sarah has run so well in a senior championship. And it's taken her a few years to do that. Um, similar for Sophie, I mean, she's jumped, you know, up a level every race she runs. Um, you know, if she was to run it, had gone into that semi-final, you know, then it probably would have been uh, exciting to be there, but I'm sure it would have been really difficult for her to come back and run at that same level a second time. So she probably lucked out in some ways not getting to the semi-final because I'm sure it would, I've seen, it was like one of her friends same age who she went to school with in Australia in the men's race, Adam Spencer, and he made it to the semi-final and looked amazing in his heat. But then, you know, he just couldn't back up because you're running your best again. And, you know, when you're a young athlete, you don't have that experience. You haven't tra- trained, you know, all the miles and you haven't done back-to-back sessions like more experienced athletes do. So, you know, it's a much, you can, you know, it's, you want to be, say you were in the semi-final or you want to walk away and say, well, I ran great. I just missed the semi-final, but, you know, now I can look at the Olympics next year and get ready for that. I'd imagine that talking to her afterwards was tough because for her, she had ran the best she possibly could and her final didn't produce the desired result. What was that chat like? Um, yeah, I mean, it was, she was obviously a little bit upset, but at the same time happy. So it was kind of a mixed emotions, I think. And, you know, you have, I think when you see an athlete and they're upset because they didn't progress, but they ran well, then you, it's, it's a good thing because you see then how much it means to them and how much they want to be good. It's all a learning experience. I mean, this is a whole bonus for Sophie to be here this week to have made this championship she never would have thought she would be here this time last year yeah Um, yeah. so it's just another step up the ladder I mean we saw some other uh, really crazy things on the track it's just been so dramatic every single day Um, and I guess that's what championships produce and why they're so uh, enjoyable women's 10,000 though Sonia has to be one of the stories of the championships so far Safan Hassan falling in the final strides. What was your take on this race and that fall? 
I was in the stadium for the women's 10,000 meters. We were on the back straight watching and, you know, everyone's standing up because it's getting exciting and you want to hear everybody was cheering. And then there was this big, like, change in the cheer when she fell. It was like everybody was in shock. Mm. And, but, you know, when you're so far away, you don't really see what happened. And so to watch it back afterwards, I mean, she was just getting super tired and she definitely is some ways she probably didn't expect the other competitors as much as she should have. And she went a little bit too early and, you know, she ran out of steam and she was trying to kind of push back the other girl and run her into lane two. Mm. She couldn't quite, um, in, in the process of doing that, she couldn't cope when she got past and the legs went from under her. Yeah. And have you seen that before? Because there was obviously the suggestion by the commentators that there was contact, but on replay, it was quite obvious there was no there was no real contact that resulted in the fall. That is exactly as you said, the legs gave out at the recognition of being passed. Yeah, I mean, it happened a few months ago at the World Plus Country in Australia when Letson Giddy from Ethiopia was leading, but she was obviously looking very tired and she was looking over her shoulder and looking a bit worried. Mm. And the same thing when she got passed in that final home straight the legs went from under her and she couldn't get back up again I mean Savan got back up but then I think it, for her it was win or nothing because she just strolled across the line and you know she just you know she she didn't rush across the line like you know and mm. a little bit later on in the mix 4x4 Femke Gabol, the same thing she fell down approaching the line um, for the Netherlands um, but she got straight back up and crossed the line, but she was after dropping the baton, so they yeah. got disqualified. So it was two Dutch athletes, you know, on the one night. Uh, yeah. Denny he said there was a sniper out there. Take you know, <laughs> yeah. out the Dutch. What did they do? <laughs> We're going to talk about that a little bit more in the light of what happened to me at the Kilcock 10-mile road, road race. Shout out to Emma and all of the team at St. Coco's who invited me out. I missed the Frank Duffy 10-miler due to coaching uh, commitments that I had for my son's basketball club, raging to miss it. But we had a bunch of huge performances from you guys listening to the show. And let's go to those now in Round the Parishes. I'll lead off, yeah, with these because Seamus McAteer, our PRO, was uh, keeping an eagle eye out for what people were doing at the Frank Duffy 10 miler. This is part of the uh, road race uh, series that the Dublin City Marathon offers participants to prepare for the big one, which of course I'm preparing for. We'd love you to join us for one of the long runs. Uh, Keep an eye on the Strava group uh, for one of these meetups. The first shout out goes to Alexandria Conway, who ran a fantastic race there. Brilliant. Uh, This lady is coming back from injury, a knee injury after the London Marathon, Seamus says. James Carty is another man who ran it in a ridiculous time. One hour flats on you at the pace of 3.45 kilometre. Uh, I couldn't get over it. He said it was very tough conditions with the, a lot of wind and debris on the course after, was it Storm Rita? Ripped through Ireland. And a PB for Paula Bradshaw as well, who also gets a shout out for her effort at the Frank Duffy. Well, you're talking about the storm there. I mean, I'd give a big shout out to anybody who was doing the the Ironman triathlon 
down in Yarl on the weekends because um, of the weather down there. I think they had to postpone the half Ironman and move it onto the same day as the full Ironman um, and shorten the swim. And there was a, a couple of tragedies down there as well with people in the swim, which was not... Absolutely, not, and really don't like thoughts and prayers to everybody there who's connected because I'd imagine that is traumatic for anyone even who did it and managed to survive it. These two poor men that died are still on the covers of the newspapers here, Sonia. It's a, it's a massive talking point here at the moment because it, it seems as if Triathlon Ireland didn't sign off on the race and actually recommended on not doing it. But I've just found somebody here actually as well. This is what I was looking for in here in our, in our group is somebody who's running in Hungary and in Budapest particularly because there's so many Irish people out here at the moment. Um, I was in the stadium the other night when Kira McGeehan was announced on the start line for the semi-final and I was with um, Tim Hutchings, a commentator who many people would have heard um, commentating on the Eurosport and um, he's on the World Athletics at the moment. And I will be commentating with him on the two marathons over the weekend. Brilliant. But, um, but I said to him, listen to, what about all the Irish in the stadium? Um, you know, because there was such a loud roar. And the same last night for Rashida to get really big cheer. And he goes, where are they? And I go, well, look, there's Irish flags in every corner of the stadium. And there are so many and there's probably more every day coming along. So I spotted one here today and it's Cara Fleming. And Carl is coached by Trevor Cummins and he was out running around Budapest this morning. He ran 12 and a half kilometers, but he managed to get up to Margaret Island and do a bit of a run around up there. And while he was there, he spotted Sophie O'Sullivan, Rob Heffernan. (laughs) Rob Heffernan and his athlete, Perseus Carlstrom. Um, And and also saw a clonlip singlet when he was out there. Running around this morning when it's interesting because I was up there as well this morning. You didn't see me. <laughs> uh, I wasn't running this morning. I was on the bike and um, touring around. I actually saw Rob Hepburn and myself and Louise Shanahan. It's good to see so many Irish around and great to see the athletes out uh, training this morning. Fantastic. And one one person who needs a shout out, Sonia, is definitely uh, Denise Barrett. Did you see what this woman did this week? She's definitely an iron woman, you'd have to say. Four marathons in four days up in the Donegal Hills. Denise Barrett, I take my hat off to you. I don't just dip it to you. This is some special running. I think I, I think I might have pinged one of these on to you, Sonny. She is doing she something did. I see extraordinary. Her now, yeah. yeah, where is she running? Is that right up at the tip of Donegal? She's up with, yes. um, there's Malinhead up there. Is she up there? Yes, and she Born said that the, the headwind felt like running on a treadmill. Thrilled to have got first lady in this leg of it that I'm looking at here. So the other, other person here is Lisa McCarthy and she was on day six of the Kilimanjaro summit hike and she oh, got wow. to the top and there's an amazing, it looks like a sunrise. I, I imagine it's a sunrise because um, they wouldn't want to be going at sunset and having to find their way back down again. Yeah. Wow, that is a death defying feat. That is a yeah, dangerous climb. So they, it, yeah, that's what she said. It was a midnight hike from 4,800 metres to 5,895 metres. It took seven hours. So I guess, yeah, she was there for the sunset. Jesus. Uh, or the, sorry, the sunrise. And it looks amazing up there. 
Yeah, so well done. Fair to, play uh, to her. Uh, fi- final shout out to Dee Collins, the Cork City 10 miler. Of course, she took first place for uh, first female, first place. Windy day. Very nice PB for you, Dee Collins. If you have a shout out, you some, somebody you think is not getting the respect they deserve or somebody you'd like to hear Sonia shout out their name, just tag us underneath it. Just at Sonia on there on Strava and make sure to join the Irishman Running Abroad Running Club. Earlier in the week, as I'd mentioned, I was given a pair of Nike Alpha Flies 2. Now, I had no idea, Sonia, the division and schism that this shoe had caused within the running community. Everybody loved the Alpha Fly 1. But when the two came along, it's safe to say opinion was divided. Did you know, first of all, about the uh, the split in people's opinions of this shoe? Well, not really, no. I didn't know there was much difference at all. I quite liked them. Yeah. Um, I, I, that's all I wore to run in January and February when I was down in Phoenix. I only had one pair of running shoes with me. And I actually got a new pair last week. Um, it was amazing. I ordered them on Tuesday in London and they turned up on Thursday and I was leaving on Thursday. Wow. So it was like, that's service. Great, so yeah. So I brought them with me, you know, didn't even take them out of the box when I did to pack them, but I didn't, yes. <laughs> I didn't take them for a run before I left. I just thought, yeah, these will be grand. I mean, that's the level of trust you have in them. But so many people have experienced horrible blisters as a result. A kind of a chafing on the inside of both arches, usually at least one arch. And I, unfortunately, was one of those people. Not before I did 10 kilometers in these shoes that felt like flying. I totally had the Alpha Fly experience, the shoe, the super shoe feeling of not really trying, but skating along at a pace that didn't feel difficult at all. I got around the back of Tato Park, though, and... I was like, that doesn't feel normal. A little scrapey feeling that's happening there. So I, I did the usual thing. You assume this it must be a bad lacing or, a, you know, a bubble in the insole. These are, after all, secondhand shoes. It could even be a sock seam. So I took them off, put them back on again and went again. No dice. I walked home, Sonia, with the shoes in my hands, in my socks, through Tato Park with all of the kids giggling and laughing at me. Look at this, Egypt. <laughs> this shoes and his socks. His Ireland socks on, walking home, uh, misery guts on the side of the road. And I really didn't think anything of it. I didn't think much would grow out of it. But a, a huge blister formed and compede was was called in to sort things out. But I just thought, isn't that amazing that Nike could produce a shoe that gives an awful lot of people blisters and not just any old shoe their most expensive shoe of their range. Uh, And when you dig into this, when you go in, if you guys Google this at all, you will see video after video uh, of people hating the shoe and people adoring the shoe like Sonia. It's a real divider, Sonia. Would this shoe be the favourite shoe that you've ever had? Or is there a shoe in the mists of time that you go, oh, I remember them. They were great, uh, great memories in that particular shoe. The original Pegasus used to be great. And then they started changing them. And then once they started changing them, then, you know, it's hard to get them that good again. Now they're good to walk around, but they were, I mean, you had a 
when you first started running with me and I give you think your Pegasus yeah. was the first pairs that you went and got. And, and I think you liked them, didn't you? Did I loved them. And I again, people had said to me, oh, those Pegasus, they used to be great. And what's so funny now is with an app like, I'm not sure people are aware of this, as a sneakerhead, I can find you any shoe <laughs> that you used to love using one of these apps like Goat or Stock X. That's G-O-A-T or S-T-O-C-K-X. You find these apps and they will deliver box fresh versions of these shoes that you loved from way back when. Now you will you will pay for them. So what version of the Pegasus was that? Was it a do you remember what number it was? Um I don't really. No, I don't. It would have been when I I mean it was nineteen ninety eight, so it was a long time ago. Okay. Well if I put in the um, year, I can probably find the Pegasus from nineteen ninety eight. Uh and get you a price on these because no, it, do. it is like it is extraordinary that you can find them. So if you were somebody that loved the first Alpha Fly and were like, No, it's never gonna be the same again. They're still there. There's boxes and boxes in them in people's houses and they are looking And they're to get selling rid them. Of them. They are so selling them. Them. Yeah. yeah. What, I, what I actually have at the moment, um, and they're not running shoes, but when they were running shoes back in the day, they're Nike Air Max. And I think the ones I have, they're from the 90s. And um, I can't believe people used to run in them, yeah. but they're actually really comfortable well, to walk around in. I know. And, and I think get... I saw you wearing these when we went in for dinner the other week. It's like, Was this the, the yellow ones, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. These are the shoes that people thought were the, you know, the pinnacle of running technology that are now just viewed as street shoes. I wonder will the same happen for the the super shoe? Is that where we're headed? Who who knows? We've well, also got the, a, super, yeah. the super shoes though, they're not they're not great for walking around them now, to be yeah. fair. Wrong. Like even now I have is it I only have my these Air Max to walk around in. But then if I'm on the bike and I end up going to the track to, you know, help out with some sessions you end up walking around in them because they're, I don't want to walk around in my walk around shoes on mm. the bike and get them all dirty, you know, and put them <laughs> in the washing machine. Do you, put your, do you ever put your shoes in the washing machine? Oh, well, that's a whole nother story <laughs> to say. Have we discussed this before? Well, look, the, there's, there's a lot of people that would say you never do that. Certainly with certain shoes, you'd never do it. But I bought a gadget from rejuvenator.com if you're interested in get revitalizing your shoes. This is a decent website to go to. Rejuvenator sent me a bag, a cloth bag that would allow you to put your sneakers in compartments of these protective bags that would allow you to wash them in the washing machine. There's a number of precautions that need to be taken before you do it because you can actually break your washing machine doing this. But there's also a little pod. They give you these specific running uh, detergent pods that are designed to clean the runners gently without ruining the soles. And, you know, I stuck in a pair of Adidas boosts in there this way. And I mean, I might have to post the before and after of this, Sonia, because it really was, you know, Daz whites coming out. Uh, and the sense that you're winning <laughs> when you take a pair of battered shoes and revitalize them like that is is pretty epic. I'll link all of this stuff in the info and in the second half of the show we will talk all about Kira McGee going in the 1500 final tonight of course you'll know the result by the time you listen to this but it'll be interesting to hear what Sonia thinks about her prospects heading into that final come on over and join us on patreon.com forward slash Irishman Abroad 
One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone physically, you know, exercise wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress, 